everyone, and welcome to a very special Android Central podcast. Special for a variety of reasons. We are in the same room. Wow. We are in the same room, which doesn't happen very often, uh, in a pretty cool city in New York. And we have a new version of Android, so we have a lot of reasons to be celebratory and thoughtful and insightful, hopefully. And imbibing. Daniel Vader. How are you? I'm not not, you guys. not yeah. in Canada currently. Yeah. Canada. How does it feel? <laughs> Warmer. <laughs> it's been pretty crazy in New York this week with humidity, so yeah, it's a, it's a change from the It's warmer climate. than a lot of places right yeah. now. And uh, Andrew. Yes, I'm also here. Yeah. It's, it's actually warmer in Seattle when I left than what it is here, so. And you just missed Jerry. Yeah, we have no Jerry, which is sad, but we've uh, there's there's a good reason because we were we were working solidly all day on uh, on the launch of, of Nougat, not actually launching Nougat ourselves, but uh, working on a lot of great content for you guys. And um, so yeah, Android seven point zero is official, officially official. Uh, which should is, be a surprise to nobody that it's Nougat and it came out you know about this time. And it's I mean, more we, or less it's more or less the same as what we saw in the last preview. So no surprises there, really. Um, but yeah, it's out there. It's we don't have factory images right now as we're recording this. Those will probably appear at some point. But we do have. Come on, um, Google. Well, it's weird. Like normally we do, but for whatever reason now we don't. People in the preview program um, are getting the OTA to the final version, which is which is nice. At least that's a reliable way for people to get updated. Um, but I yeah, think we should start off talking about that preview program because that's the most interest or the the newest thing that we didn't know how the preview program would be and handled as we'll get to later is it's kind of the start of of a new way of of developing android we have you know the preview program as we'll get to later will be continuing mm-hmm. um but yeah we this is the end of a process which started way back in early march um right after mobile congress and we were it really took everyone by surprise it's like well here it is next version of android here are all your new future uh, features and it's been developing since then um, going into Google I/O and slowly becoming a more stable release that you could actually use um, on current Nexus devices. And uh, yeah, if you have a six P or a five X, it's uh, it's definitely a, a nice big upgrade for both of those phones. Some great features that you that anyone who owns. If you were still on Marshmallow, if you were still on Marshmallow, yeah. And and look, a lot of I guess a lot of people will will have been using the preview, and it's been pretty stable on on current Nexus phones for a while, but. Now it's it's officially ready for prime time. There are no caveats attached. It's out there. You can more or less go and get it with you know if you're willing to jump through a few hoop, hoops and um, and just to show in to show everybody who had been using the preview all four versions of the preview five 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 all four updates of the preview which they didn't change dramatically throughout those four other than you know lots of stability and things like that but the feature set was basically the same moving from that final preview to uh, the official nougat on phones was less than a fifty megabyte download. Yeah, just I, to show you how how close you were there. And then when I, I mean, the first thing I said to Alex after I picked it up was after it rebooted was, so nothing has changed from what I've been using. <laughs> well, nothing, for the last nothing user facing is changed, right, which except is for the doing. warning. The warning is not. There's no Android <laughs> beta program warning, and here. the build number is different. But yeah, right. so the, yeah, and that, that's just the sign. I think that's. Um, the roadmap that Google laid out in March, or you know, prior to March when they were setting things in motion, that's gone as planned. You know, if things go smoothly, then you don't notice huge sweeping updates from your release candidate to your final build. Um, and it's it's kind of a testament to how mature Android is now that 
you've gone through five developer previews. It's been basically stable since right after IO. And um, now you go from the final preview to the the, fi- the, uh, the finished stable release. And yeah, you don't see many differences. It's just presumably they've squashed a few bugs. Performance maybe has improved a little bit, but it uh, looks and behaves largely the same as we've, we've been getting to, to know over the past few months. And so before we get off of the developer preview, we should talk about what what's happening with that. It's continuing. So it's it continuing. Is. Yeah, we... Um, a blog post that went up today on the Android Developers blog, Dave Burke, who's a VP of Engineering for Android at Google, uh, is saying that they're going to they're shifting Android to a quarterly or like semi-quarterly uh, maintenance release schedule. And this is something they've kind of done with a lot of previous versions of Android. So um, less obviously with with Marshmallow, but uh, certainly with Lollipop, you had five point one, which was the maintenance release. Um, if you if you go in. And look in code and, and look in AOSP, there are maintenance releases of, of Marshmallow, but they were less sort of user-facing. It was still 6.0.1. I think that's just, it's just, this is partly just codifying that process and saying, okay, we're getting people more involved. We're going to have developer previews of all these maintenance releases. Um, but at the same time, if, if you're committed to quarterly maintenance releases, that is um, sort of a more involved updating schedule than Android has ever been on before. And it also hopefully will make it easier for OEMs and, and other companies who are planning these updates to release them more regularly. There'll be more pressure on them to do that. I mean, if I mean, I'm not sure what the angle, what what the uh, thinking from from Google's side is on this. Obviously, um, keeping things up to date and keeping the pace of Android moving forward is, is important as it becomes more mature. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is going to make it more difficult, and it's it's harder for manufacturers to justify staying on seven point zero when, say, by next summer we could well be on a seven point three. We could be, you know, three maintenance releases in, and you're, you know, if you're aware of these things, you could be thinking, oh, my phone is on seven point zero. That feels like an old release, and maybe that will lead to more demand for uh, for carriers and OEMs to get their act together with these things. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe part of that is just. Almost like a psychological, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, um, act on Google's part to try and get their partners to to get on board with um, behaving the, in the proper way with um, with updates. But also, I mean, we talk about updates, but there are a lot of changes structurally to Android that are designed to make it easier to get updates out. Right. So when you talk about this idea of these seamless updates, where things will just get downloaded and applied in the background just waiting for mm. a reboot like kind of like how things are on Chrome or Chrome OS sure then having those quarter quarterly releases doesn't seem so huge anymore when it's something that can download in the background you reboot and it's it's not going to be a jump like you know jelly bean to KitKat or you know it's not going to be a large like jump a with a bunch one, of features a 4.1 to 4.2 kind of jump if sure. people remember that release the other thing i mean that's 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 kind of a big deal there but the the other thing is um, going back through the, the Marshmallow era, we've had these monthly security updates. And if you're on a Nexus on Marshmallow, every month you get an update that forces you to sit through all these uh, all these <laughs> messages. Yeah, Optimizing optimized. apps for yeah, that, I mean, for starters, that is going away. And also with uh, updates being applied seamlessly in the background, that's another pain point that's eliminated. So updates are getting easier. Google's obviously making it easier for... Um, updates to go out, updates to be applied. And we also have changes structurally to Android with the, the way the vendor partition works now, which is designed to make it easier uh, for manufacturers to keep their code separate from core, uh, the core Android code. 
so between all these these changes, we have a, um, the situation where Google wants to um, a make it easier to uh, keep your own stuff separate from Android, and thus make it easier to uh, change Android without changing your own stuff. And second of all, it makes it easier on users because you no longer have you know frustrating dialogues, and um, uh, you know you have seamless updates as well. So that's that's good. <laughs> but seamless seamless updates are not going to be as common as we hope at That's least for the future beginning. devices yeah because they yeah. need a separate partition they need That's true yeah they need something uh, that will likely be coded at the factory existing devices are not going to wake up and it's it's for the best that they don't wake up and change their entire file system so there have been updates back in the day where devices try to repartition themselves and that's a great way to just have a bunch of your phones break and so it's frustrating okay. it's frustrating as it is that you your current device won't be on this, I guess you call it a new track of these different kinds of updates and things like that. It, they had to, you have to take the break, you know, put the break there somewhere where you say, okay, going forward, this is going to set us up for years and years of updates and devices that come out that, you know, a couple of years from now, they're going to be a large number of devices that are already going to be on this seamless update track. And that's just how it's going to be. Same as the situation now where sure there are still people out there with KitKat phones, um, even jelly bean phones. And yeah, they don't, they don't get all of the new features either. And that's just how it's going to be. We know that there's always going to be this lag behind, but this system at least makes it. So hopefully it's harder for phones to lag behind by several large platform iterations. Mm-hmm. So if, if people haven't been following the dev preview and yeah, a lot of people won't have been, there are, there are a bunch of... This is kind of a major release for Android. Lollipop was was a, a big step forward from into this new material design era with art for, for faster performance and stuff. Then you have Marshmallow, which is basically um, a more polished version of that where things actually worked right and everything was just a bit cleaner all around. <laughs> and now we have Nougat, which is um, almost like a, a, the first proper step beyond that that we've seen. We have a, a few really important things at the platform level, like split screen like the biggest changes to notifications in android in, in a little while and um so it, a double down on doze yeah um and it, it's going to be a big deal especially on tablets and, and google knows you know google doesn't you know, android there aren't very many android tablets that sell particularly well so a feature that makes are there any devices, that sell particularly well uh no not not in this uh, no, i mean um, the problem the problem for android tablets is they're being compared in sales numbers to the massive number of phones sold and we've been talking about this in, in, internally a little bit as to whether it makes sense for Google to um, sort of travel upwards from phones into tablets or downwards from Chromebooks into tablets, especially with the way we have Android apps running on Chrome now. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a separate argument, but... Hello, Freeform. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So uh, we, part of the, the split-screen multitasking that we see on phones that's really easy to show on a 6P or a 5X, that's only part of it. You, you also have picture-in-picture mode for Android TV, which is a huge deal. That yep. works as you would expect for picture-in-picture. You get a little picture down below and you can do other stuff in the background. Uh, incidentally, there's no reason um, why you couldn't do that on a class of device that wasn't a TV. It's just that's what they're, they're talking about it on at the moment. You mm-hmm. also have freeform mode, which is designed for larger devices. So that's basically your, yep. your proper windowed mode like you would see on a Windows desktop or a Mac, just with a bit of Android flavor to it. And now you can see where this is all coming together from the aspect that Google's been trying for a really long time to have developers make their apps not think about a certain screen size or orientation, but make the apps 
I mean, responsive is a word that's used so much, but, but that's the right word. They're, they're, the co- they're compartmentalized in a way that things scale properly and you can go above and beyond and have specific things happen when you get to a certain size or a certain layout, but having apps not be locked into specific, uh, specific sizes is a huge deal. And you can see years, I mean, they've been talking about this for years and now on down the road, they can flip a switch on multi-window and all of a sudden these apps can sit side by side on a Pixel C and they're not going to fall apart and break. And the re- uh, well, yeah, the reason why, um, well, I think, let's put it a different way, the incentive for developers to put this in their apps isn't necessarily that your app is going to look really pretty on an Android tablet that no one has. The incentive behind it is that, okay, in a few months, your app is going to be open to millions of new users if not hundreds of millions of a 15 users. inch chromebook <laughs> on a, yeah well no on yeah on i mean on, it on could run on everything from a four inch phone to a 15 exactly. inch chromebook that is, that is a huge new audience for android apps and if yeah. you only have a phone um if you only have your app designed to work on a phone that's a huge audience you're potentially missing out on and that being the case if, if google get, can get enough developers in on making apps that way it's almost like they plug the app gap in in tablets at the same time because I mean, the, in order to make an app that is that works best on Chrome uh, on a Chromebook and a phone, you you automatically cover the tablet space in the middle. Yeah, and, and to me, this is the parallel to what we see on the Windows 10 side, where mm-hmm. they're emphasizing universal apps using a single framework for developers, but it's coming from the other direction. These are developers that primarily have focused on the large screens of Windows laptops and desktops, and have then scaled them down to work properly on a very, very small, admittedly small number of phones, but they work as they should because they've been designed that way. We're seeing the complete opposite uh, implementation here where apps designed for phones are now able to scale up properly. And we saw that with the, with, with uh, you know, po- the post honeycomb era where frames were, were built into the uh, way app Android apps were designed so that you could have these, these layers that expanded intelligently um, depending on how you were rescaling your app size or your your screen size. So technically, it, it's always been there. It's just that now you can have these three or four apps floating at once and they can scale properly regardless of the screen size. And you have three or four of them next to one another with an SOC that's powerful enough to to make them all run simultaneously without bogging down the machine. This is what's so exciting. And the funny part about it is that the multi, the resizable apps and multi-window picture-in-picture, those that that multi-window feature in Nougat is the most exciting on the devices that nobody uses <laughs> right now. Yeah. So the the most the largest number of people that will have Nougat today and will have Nougat in six months and twelve months are going to be on phones where multi-window works really well and it's nicely integrated it's right into the the recent switcher and it's it's right there but even on a 5.7 inch nexus 6p it doesn't make all that much sense on a daily use case to have you know 5.7 inch screen may seem huge for one app but when you cut it in half all of a sudden get rid you know you have the top bar and the bottom bar uh, nav bar now all of a sudden you've got two little slivers of apps and doesn't make that much sense but tablets and Chromebooks, of course, the Chromebook angle is completely on the rise. But we're talking about the smallest number of people are going to have access to the best 
probably the, would you say multi windows the biggest feature of nougat the yeah, biggest pro- user facing feature probably the number one feature yeah that we've been waiting for for years especially since samsung started doing it a few and, years and it's, ago to me this this kind of makes it a little bit um surprising almost that picture in picture hasn't been more focused on phones because if you look at what a lot of people use the samsung multi-window for they'll get a youtube video up top and they'll have the rest of the screen for Twitter or for Facebook. For the years for before, before YouTube added uh, background playback, that was, yeah. that was the well, way I'm to go. Well, I'm not even talking getting audio in the background. Just if you want to do what you might do on a, on a desktop computer and have a video playing on one side of the screen and have a web page on the other. On your big old Galaxy Note. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you do that on the Note just as you might on a Windows PC. But um, you would think that a dedicated picture-in-picture mode like you have on, on an Access player would be better suited to a phone. Maybe. Um, but who knows? Yeah, you know, that's obviously a decision. That I mean, makes. obviously the framework is there. But yeah. so breaking down the other big features of NuGet, uh, the important part about this whole discussion is that obviously we have to say every time the new platform release comes out that not all of these features will look like this when they make their way down to you know when your G5 is updated well, or, or even when you buy your LG V10 has NuGet out of the box or the V20 even uh, V20 yeah <laughs> so. They'll be there. So these are the main ones that will be there. The window, uh, the multi-window mode will be there. So huge the data saver changes. will be there. The notification changes. The new dose improvements. The new sec- some of the new security stuff will be there, but it won't look the same. It won't. Um, I, some of the things that I mean, I'd imagine that the notification stuff would look largely the same. It, notifications across Android, with the exception of Huawei, which is just crazy, and likes to do its own thing have mostly looked and behaved the same since Lollipop, so I'd imagine that would continue into Nougat, and you would have the big sort of full-width, high-information density things with the colored icons. Lots um, of expandable information. Yeah, lots of expandable stuff, drag down, then drag down again, and of course, inline replies, which is super useful for instant messaging. And we have to remember that, you know, Jerry wrote a really good article on this, as he did on every other big change to Nougat, but one thing about these notification changes is that it's it's an updated library that will... Be, that's backwards, backwards compatible with all phones back to Lollipop. So these changes can technically apply to millions of existing Android phones as opposed to a feature like multi-window that will only come to your newest phones and the ones that are recently receiving Nougat. So, you know, things like inline replies currently, they work on apps like Hangouts. It's mm-hmm. just that... Yeah, not, not as, um, as elegantly, but yeah, they do. It, it's the same principles we went to uh, from KitKat to Lollipop and you have the material design support layer which let you do a lot of the material design things without having Lollipop. And yeah. the, the big thing here is that consist is the consistency between apps and how the direct reply is going to work. It's going to be, like you said, it's the same library. It's going to look the exact same when you pull down the notification shade and you have multiple... Similar. I mean, let's not say right. the exact same. Sure. It's, it's there's, still, there's still leeway. I mean, obviously, the notification shade, they can put all kinds of stuff in there. But it is going to look the same in terms of before the app had to go its own way to have quick replies in the notification shade. Sure. And this can be something that you can expect to look at, you know, similar across apps. So what else do we have? Um, data saver is pretty big. Um, it's kind of just taking a feature that a lot of manufacturers had on their own and yeah. bringing it into the OS itself. So uh, effectively just kills all background data. Um, and then you have a whitelist of apps that you can check it, to, to let through. When I thought about it, I kind of looked at it the same way as I looked at Doze, where it's to like, this, extent, is yeah. an, this, an ex, this is more of an ex, 
explicit action where you turn on data saver, but it's like we're going to give the we're going to give data uh, to your phone, but only for the foreground tasks. And if you're getting really close to the end of that uh, your month or your billing cycle, and you want to tell all the apps in the background to just chill out and you know they can sync back yeah. up on Wi-Fi, you can do it. And I could easily see a lot of people saying, "I want to turn this on all the time." Because, you know, next month or the next two months, I'm going to be on a one gig data plan yeah. or I'm going to be roaming or something like that. Could, yeah, easily imagine people in developing markets where data is often quite expensive. Or if you're traveling, um, roaming, roaming fees can be crazy sometimes. So. You know, these are the people that might already use a quick setting uh, toggle to turn mobile data on and off. And this way, they don't have to do that. They can leave it on and still get your push notification or your push messages and things like that. And still have normal data in background data behavior when you're on Wi-Fi. Sure. And when you, and then when you have the data saver on your mobile data, you can still open Chrome instantly and you'll have data for the foreground app. Right. Um, that's going to save people a lot of data because people do get, um, they get worked over by having all these apps refreshing in the background. Um, and together with the new, um, what is the new version of Doze, they call it? Doze on the go? Doze on the go, yeah. It, it's going to be... these. The, both of those are going to save a lot of batteries. So what what's the expansion of Doze now? So the expansion of Doze is effectively... Um, it is more granular in that it uh, takes into account how an app works when it is in the background, but when the phone is doing other stuff. For example, if it's in your pocket, it will it will understand that it's not exactly... Um, stationary so it can it can be but it's not in use but it's not in use so it knows that you're not you haven't left your phone on a table and gone away you still need your notifications but you don't want the screen to turn on every time you receive a notification or you don't want everything to go to continue happening in the background when it's in your pocket so it can use things like the accelerometer to make sure that you are uh, you're not inundated with you know with, with notifications that suck up your battery. Um, so as Alex said, it's, it just gives you a little bit more control or it gives developers a little bit more control over what they're allowed to do when your phone's in dose. And it kind of, it gives you that middle ground where people kind of think of right now, if well, not normal people, but people that are kind of nerdy and think about how dose works in marshmallow. I'm they don't always think about how dose works. <laughs> they don't necessarily like the fact that they don't, know when it's going to happen or what's happening and you have i mean i remember when marshmallow was first brought out that i was super worried that hey my phone's just going to decide to go to sleep and not give notifications the proper way turns out to not be an issue it knows what it's doing but this is going to give you a nice middle ground where it's not just an on or off switch this is kind of like Project Svelte or Project Butter, where it's something where there's a complete continuum and it all it does is no matter what your phone is doing, it's trying to maximize the power savings with the proper trade-off trade-off of still getting your information, your notifications, all that sort of stuff. And I like the fact that it's not just a switch on and off. You're either in those or out. There, there's a middle middle ground and a transition period. Makes sense. So what are the next, uh, what are the other big things? I mean, those are the, the main ones. Oh, we have emoji as well. We more emoji. emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah emoji, yeah, yeah. Um, more diversity in emoji, which is nice to see. I am, I am, uh, are you oh, happy about the unicorn I, emoji? I am so happy about the unicorn emoji. I'm, I'm, I think it, it's, it, you, you I, can tell I can't overstate like... how important <laughs> the fact that there are, that most of the emoji 
are no longer cartoon blobs. Yes, so they're still kind of blobbish. They're blobbish, but they're no longer. They look yellow like people. They're not blobs. emoticons. There's diversity in in the emoji. There are 72 new glyphs that put it on par, mostly on par with iOS for for emoji. And I think that it's important because Google has finally realized that people want all of those new goodies. Um, and there's there are just too many times where Android users don't they they can't display the emojis because mm-hmm. somebody sends them a, a message from another platform that isn't supported on, on, on Android and, and it just doesn't show up. Yeah, actually, a lot of times that puts um, extra st- engineering stress, if you want to call it that, on, on app developers. So WhatsApp uh, kind of handles that elegantly itself by translating emoji into uh, images and al- allowing you to uh, have support for emojis between platforms because it doesn't actually use the original set. So, right. um, yeah, it's it, you're still going to need to have that new version of Android to have support for all those new emoji in every single app that you use. But Correct, and it'll take a while for it to disseminate to the hundreds of millions of Android users and, out there. And but this, doesn't do, this doesn't get rid of the issue that when someone that's on an iPhone sends you a specific emoji, it may not line up exactly with the same one that you have. But it lines up versa. far better with the Unicode, with, with the, uh, Unicode Consortium. This one makes more sense. Nine. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's a lot more cooperation now between Apple and Google and the Unicode Consortium to make sure that everything that displays on one platform looks pretty much what it should look like on the other. So when you're pitching your startup to your investor on an iPhone, you press that Unicorn button? It's gonna look pretty similar across both devices. <laughs> I just, I'm just happy there's an avocado, because I love avocado. Um, we should also talk a little bit about the security improvements on uh, a nougat. Um, direct boot is something that uh, Jerry's very excited about, and and he told it's me something all about that Jerry it. would be excited about. But, what, but, what kind of boot are we talking about here? Is that the kind that you drink uh, beverages out of? I, I believe so. <laughs> it's the tailgate boot. Um, when we when we uh, talk about direct boot, we're, we're talking about the fact that until now, if your phone is restarted, there are very few processes that can work before you actually enter your your security, um, you, 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 your, your security your pin or, whatever, yeah. or, your pa- or your pattern um, to decrypt your phone. And now developers are allowed to incorporate some, uh, some aspects of their app that can run before you fully boot up and decrypt your phone. Right, and that, so these are things right like, now you'd have something where you'd start up. If you wanted, you know, your phone was off, you turn it on and, you know, you had to go, I don't know, take a shower or something. You expect your phone to get synced back up and start up. And then you it's come a, back, you look it's, at it, it's at the, yeah. It's sitting on a black screen, hasn't started up at all. It's just at this very initial stage. Now it'll actually get all the way to that lock screen. And what kind of apps can work? I mean, it's messaging apps, phone calls. It's any kind of app, but Google is going to punish you if you take advantage of this problem. You're not going to be getting Candy Crush push notifications before you start up, and if you do, and if you do, Google's really gonna gonna take action. So this kind of has interesting security implement, uh, implications. Uh, do we know, for example, like presumably the networking stack is activated when this right happens. for phone calls and things. Well, for phone calls, but also so if if someone so I know that the networking stack of some sort is yeah it, it is there. But I mean, if if you have um, say your phone is stolen or you have you, you try to reset it through Android Device Manager or whatever, presumably that that message is going to get through and reset the phone uh, at the uh, the Could direct be. stage. 
compared to before where it just nothing was happening. Could that I mean we don't know for a fact, but you'd imagine that would be the case. That would be one of the really important things. That Absolutely, that, that's something that we we definitely have to test because it's going mm-hmm. to affect a lot of people. But at the very least. You don't have to worry that your alarm is not going to go off if your phone randomly and spontaneously reboots. Yeah, the and actually, that's something we found with the dev preview that it would spontaneously re- reboot and just get stuck at the screen. Right. Uh, so no idea that. So the next part of security is um, scope directories, which is another thing that Jerry's super excited about and would be happy to tell you about I it anytime. A, I can't make a joke about scope directories. Right. <laughs> so no, it's, it's not a joke. Basically, your security is no joke, Daniel. Scope directories is the idea that you could have an app that can have the permission to read and write to very specific siloed portions of external storage, but only those portions. And by external storage, you mean the SD card? The SD card. So you would say, for example, you have... So we run into an issue right now on phones with SD cards. If you have a camera app that... Writes, oh God, yeah. writes photos to the SD card, as a lot of people do. And then if you use another gallery app that's not tied to the camera, that gallery app can read but can't edit or delete those photos. And you see this all the time if you use um, uh, Google Photos on the Galaxy S7 or whatever, and right. the current Samsung phone with an SD card, it can't delete the photos. You want to you go through and try and actually use that as your main photo editing app and uh, management app. You, it actually sends a pair of super janky message that then sends you to the gallery app right. and asks you to do the same thing you just did. Yeah, so with scope directories, the camera could grant access to Google Photos to only access that portion of the SD card, and that app could know, so Google Photos could know, no longer have access to any other part of the SD card. So before it'd be an all or nothing, and now you can say, you can look at and delete photos, but nothing else. Now you think, well, that's, I would rather just give Google Photos access to my whole SD card because I don't care. That's all I put on there. But you have to think about other kinds of apps that, yeah. you know, if you, you have don't all your photos on the SD card, do you want every single app that needs to do something? Do you want a podcast app to have access to those photos? Probably not. Well, and not even from a m- malicious standpoint, but from, you know, a bad, badly coded app standpoint, could start overwriting things on the ex- external card or accidentally delete things or think files are in different places. This way, you give access from one app to another app's directory on the SD card. And well, this is kind of the way it's worked with built-in storage for a while now. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's just taking that approach and making it you know, work more sensibly with external storage. Right. Sorry for the interruption, folks, but I have to tell you about this week's sponsor. It is one of my favorite sponsors it is one of my favorite companies. It is Harry's. Harry sells razors for less. Guys, you need to shave. You need to look good. And Harry's helps you do that by not upcharging you. They do not want to sell you expensive razors, but they also want to sell you good razors. So when they decided to overhaul their manual razor line, they kept prices exactly the same. That means you still pay $2 per blade compared to about $4 for the average drugstore blade. And the blades you buy from Harry's are great. They are five-blade razors, and they now include a softer flex hinge for a more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for those hard-to-reach places without making you bleed. They have a lubricating strip and a textured handle for more control 
when things get wet. Personally, I've been using them for a few weeks. Yes, they sent them to me, but that's okay because I got a shave too. And I have to admit, after using the other guys for a long time, I really like Harry's. I also transitioned away from electric razors back to manual because I like the way these feel. Harry's makes great razors. And if you want to get in on this, all you have to do is go to harrys.com and enter the offer code AC. What do you get for that? Well, you get $5 off their starter pack, which includes a weighted razor handle of your choice, moisturizing shave cream, three precision engineered five blade cartridges, and a travel cover for $15. That's a limited time offer only available to AC podcast listeners if you go to harrys.com and enter the offer code AC at checkout. Thanks, and back to the show. So, he gets to, and that's that's the sort of the meat of, of nougat, as, as we've come to know it over the past five months. Um, usually, when we get a new Android release, it comes with a new Nexus device. That is not happening this year. Actually, actually not happening for the first time ever since the Nexus program has been a thing. Uh, it, I mean, we are expecting new, whether they're called Nexus as new Nexus-style phones. Uh, I think it's no secret at this point, even though it kind of supposed to is still be a secret that it's HTC that's making this, these things. Uh, enough spoiler stuff. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Yeah, we just <laughs> we've never alert, talked about that on the previous podcast. So yeah, so um, yeah, a lot of stuff has leaked out. It's HTC doing them this year, um, but the first phone to actually be officially launched with nougat out of the box is the lgb20 what which otherwise How can that be and which, it's, prom- <laughs> it's promoted on google's it Android is it's 7.0 weird. page so it's, yeah this this is a phone which otherwise would have been mildly interesting to us you know it's lg's competitor to the note it's their the successor to the v10 which was this five this weird five in 5.7 inch thing with a ticker tape display <laughs> this and, thing <laughs> well it was it, it was a it was a weird it was another example of lg just trying weird things and and seeing what works and <laughs> apparently uh, they were pretty happy with that because it looks like through some of the leaks that have, have come back um it's gonna have a second display again and it's gonna be modular again probably so you know we'll see how that works but yeah this is gonna be the first uh phone shipping with nougat out the box uh, that is promoted rather bizarrely on Google's promo page for, for Nougat. If you scroll way down the bottom, there's this, this like hologram-style render of it with uh, a home screen image, which looks a lot like a G5 home screen. And no so that's the interesting there. thing. I think some people have taken this as, oh, the V20 is going to launch, be the first phone to launch with Nougat. It must look like a Nexus software experience. Nope. It is going to look like is LG's <laughs> take on Nougat. It's yep. going to look like... Probably like what the G5 looks like. Pretty much, yeah. But with these nougat underpinnings, which is still a great thing. But that I mean, doesn't look, mean L- that LG this software is, isn't terrible. Right, it's, that it's okay. It just it's doesn't not... mean that this is some like special partnership with Google and LG that it's like this I, is like a mild Nexus. No, I feel it's, like this it's is the more, V20. Yeah, I feel like this is more a marriage of convenience than anything. This is uh, LG had a project a product ready to go at the right time that obviously had the early code from Google already. They were allowed to launch it at that time because. Obviously, the code, you know, it, it, I don't think the code has hit AOSP yet, but obviously it's officially launched, so manufacturers can start doing it from now. Yeah. 
Um, and LG like, loves being the first to do something. They were the first to launch the Snapdragon 800 with the Optimus G. They love being the first. They were the first to release a lollipop update to Poland, Poland. <laughs> like six months before it they, came anywhere else. And then they did the flexible displays and the dual cameras and the modularity. Yeah. And they love to preempt all these announcements by just putting it out there weeks and months ahead of time saying... Oh yeah, we're gonna do this, and you know, check it out later. Yeah, uh, and this this thing from Google is just the latest in in a long line of LG leaks that have you know we slowly built this picture of, of the phone pre over over a course of several weeks pre announcement. So that's kind of funny to see that continuing. So after that comes out, we're kind of in this weird dead zone for a little bit. Well, we don't know when the V twenty will hit stores, but we we have a rough timetable that it's going to be announced on the sixth of uh, yeah. September. We know that part. And then the interesting thing is going to be, where does it actually? What does its launch time frame actually line up with new Nexus phones? Because well, yeah, the, the release date is kind of important because once we have the release date, then we say, okay, this this is the earliest possible time that we have to get a new Nexus, um, and you know we know they're coming. Uh, we have all this talk of a, a maintenance release for Nougat, and you would imagine in the fall they yeah, say, and and all the leaks from these uh, these new Nexus phones have been running Android and MR one, so the first maintenance release of it. And um, just remind everybody again. So today, David Burke said we are going to be releasing regular maintenance releases for the Nexus product line with. Well, for Android as a whole, right? For, so for, for Android as yeah. a whole, but they will initially come to Nexus products with, uh, what did he say, polish and refinements, mm -hmm. which intimate that it could be more than just behind-the-scenes updates. Possibly. Um, so there have been a lot of sort of whispers and, um, look, a lot of the Google apps that have gone out over the past few weeks have targeted uh, API level 25. So Nougat for 7.0 is 24. The new API levels suggest that, you know, there are new APIs for developers to use, uh, new features for Android as a whole. So uh, if you're looking at... And it's kind of interesting to look at this in terms of a quarterly maintenance release um, schedule. So if you have... If each maintenance release is a new API level, that lets Google add a bunch more API levels at the OS level as opposed to Google Play services than they have ever been able to do before. Right. So there's a lot more potential there for them to build out the platform throughout the year and then not just every every 12 months with a new major version of Android. And what does this potentially mean? That the Nexus could launch with features that are not in regular... It, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of a given anyway. We're looking at um, new Google-centric software features like a Google system UI layer over the top of um, uh, Nougat, which we, uh, we've seen a lot of the leaks that have come out from, from Evan Blast, from Android Police and other places. I think we, we can say without getting... Uh, into too much detail that we've heard similar reports from from people, um, and yeah, if if we're in a new API level, one of the specific things that was rumored that would come to a future maintenance release of Android is support for pressure sensitive screens. The only reason they would do that is if they, there was hardware in the pipeline that needed it. And if this is, it's debatable if, whether that's an access device or not. But certainly within the next year, we'll start to see those. I think. And with these. Uh, I mean, these, we already have one in front of us, the, the Huawei sure. P9 Plus. But with these kind of devices or these software releases coming out quarterly, they don't necessarily have to roll up a ton of features and release them yearly. They could say, this this is the release that we want to put out this new specific feature, and that's what we're going to add. You don't, you don't have to. Sure, there's going to be 
every once in a while you're going to have a big one where they roll up some new stuff or it marks an indication that you're going forward with a new name or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they could just add something uh, specific and, and notable in a maintenance. But it does, it does raise questions as to if you're doing quarterly maintenance releases, um, is that going to affect the interval of which you get a big new release? Are we going to wait a little bit longer? Is it going to be earlier in the year you know it, sure it and how well are, it's a big thing for android because we, we right. haven't had this kind of regularity with maintenance releases before and there's not been as much um so there's not been the commitment to do that uh, as regularly as we've seen from day book today right right so we still don't have any better indication about uh when these nexus phones are coming out then other than we know, <laughs> other than we know, when they say fall is the first maintenance release, and this the leaks the show you, <laughs> that the phones have maintenance release one on them. Yeah, so his, yeah, you can kind of start. If, to if we're looking at, I, I would, if they're doing it quarterly, there's basically no. I mean, uh, I would say at most you're looking at one developer preview per maintenance release. That being the case, I'd imagine we get it in September, and um, it's easy to see how the final thing would probably land on Nexus sometime in October, which. By the way, lands up with the time of the year that every Nexus has always arrived at. Crazy. Yeah. More things change, more this says. <laughs> exactly. That. Yeah. And that just means that we have an opportunity to, you know, and Android has always been Nexus comes with new software. Everybody looks at the Nexus as the de facto, um, you know, the, the platonic ideal of what you can expect for not, not just the latest features, but also the latest um the highest number whereas now we have another phone the v20 that will be marketed in carrier stores most likely as a phone running the latest version of android that is very that is and just a complete sea change for it, this it is a little and it, it's largely just um kind of smoke and mirror i mean it, it isn't let's let's be perfectly honest here the v20 is going to be the first phone to launch with 7.0 it is not going to be the first phone to get 7.1. It is not going to be the first phone to get updated to 7.2. It is it is a, like a, a happy accident that it's getting Nougat as early as it's getting it. And I would be very surprised if LG kept at the pace of updates with Nexus's going forward. You're absolutely right. And I, and I completely think that they're going to let it sit on 7.0 for way longer than it should. But this is a huge marketing opportunity for mm -hmm. Google. It's a triumph uh, because they've been trying to get manufacturers to launch phones with the latest version of Android for years. And we had to talk to you about why even if the Note 7 didn't launch with Nougat. So we wanna, you know, we wanna see more phones launching with the latest version of Android because it makes our job considerably easier and more enjoyable when we don't have to justify the manufacturer's decisions to launch with a version of Android that is yeah, nearly I, a year old. I don't think we ever have to try. We, we never have to like apologize for <laughs> manufacturing. That, that's on them, right? I mean, no, and I mean, we have to hear your complaints. Yeah, we, we have, and I mean, we, we want to help. We can often justify why something is a good phone despite the fact that it might not have the latest software. I think there's a difference between that and you know justifying a manufacturer's decision. Um, so we'll we'll see. I think that's that's. It is very important that that LG is getting this. Um, it's not a this, bad thing. It isn't a bad thing. And look, LG needs all the good things that it can it can get after the flop of the, the G5. I think we can all agree on that. I think we can. Um, I mean, as far as Nexus has go, we've we've talked a little bit about this this additional software layer of Google Things on top of uh, on top of Nougat, and that is going to be another change this time around because it isn't going to be that we get a new phone 
and it, it, we get a new Nexus phone, and it's Nougat as we see it on the 6P and the 5X now. Um, the, the, because yeah. things are already reversed, because if you want the absolute latest software, it's on the almost year-old Nexus before it comes out on the new phone. And normally that's a little bit different. And, yeah. and then doubly weird, it's going to be actually different software. It's and how long are we going to wait for the update? And what's, you know, we can't expect necessarily everything that comes on these new Nexuses to come to the old Nexuses either. Well, that, that's the big, big unknown. So if you've not been following the leaks, the UI on the, that's been sort of revealed on these new Nexus phones looks and behaves kind of differently, not a million miles away, but kind of differently to what you've got in a 6P and a 5X running Nougat today. So the buttons look different. You have colors around the home button that indicate that you're signed in on a Google account. Um, you have a new kind of bluish hue in the quick settings of the, uh, the settings app itself. You have a new support section in the settings app. Um, you're rumored to have a bunch of crazy new live wallpapers. So th- the question is, is that part of, I mean, to a certain extent, there'll be features that are part of uh, maintenance release one that both old and new Nexuses will get. But the question is, when the software package as a whole is finalized on these new Nexuses, or even when it's semi-final at the developer preview stage, will the old Nexuses get that, or will it just be exclusive to the new HTC build ones? And that's a, a very open question right now. It's been, an, it's been, I think, something that we've taken for granted over the years that all Nexus phones, to some extent, get the latest and greatest. I mean, there, there have to been... To the greatest extent possible. Yeah, and, and you, you brought it up that for a long time, uh, the new launcher wasn't available on older Nexus phones until Google released the Google Now launcher in, into the Play Store. And that gave not just other older Nexus phones, but every phone the opportunity to have a home screen like what's on the latest Nexus. But, but we're talking about much... Yeah, that's that's a great example historically of how yeah. that's worked. This is that taken to a whole new it's level. It's way deeper of, than Yeah, it's way, deeper, way mm-hmm. deeper than a launcher. Um, and if I, I can see a lot of a lot of rage happening if 6P owners who've just been updating, you know, they're, they're proud on, uh, on 7.0 today when the new Nexus phones arrive, um, they're stuck with what is perceived as an old system UI, even mm-hmm. though it's... Um, basically, just a difference. This is if you. This is a terrible way of avoiding it. This is effectively Google's skin on top of Android. Just as man, people are gonna. If, yeah, they're, they're gonna lose their <laughs> shit. <I> mean, so. <laughs> yeah, but if I can play devil's advocate for a, a minute here, Samsung's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. We we've seen the Galaxy S six get Marshmallow without many of the UI improvements, many of the camera app improvements, and many of the overall system changes that the Galaxy S7 launched with. And, and now we're worried that that might be the case again with what we see on the Note 7 not yeah. ma- not fully coming back well, to the we'll, GS7. We'll see. I, I think we need, to, we need to ease off Samsung a little bit. Samsung has actually done... I mean, I don't think they, it's they necessarily were, a bad thing. So it's in a, the past, Samsung, you're right. Samsung, it's an I issue of with, expectations. Yeah, Samsung with, with GS5 to GS6, I think... Yeah, the GS5 didn't get anywhere near the, the number of, of great improvements that the the GS6 got. From the GS6 forward, it's kind of in a different picture, and they've, they've been reasonably good about bringing most of the features of the... Uh, but it isn't a carbon the user copy. Fa- it isn't a carbon copy, like but most of the user-facing stuff. They've been quite good about ensuring that if you buy a GS6, um, you're not going to get stuff, you're not going to get the GS7 UI straight away, but it's going to look largely the same. You'll get part of it, and yeah. you'll get an update. Yeah. I'm just upset that the manual mode... The manual features in the camera app of the Note 5 
were never ported back to the GS6. Oh, really? Because you couldn't alter the shutter speed. You couldn't do a whole bunch of other stuff inside the GS6 camera app that were available on the Note 5. I know it's the most min- like minute complaint. I mean, it kind of isn't because it's the same hardware. You but would, like, as, as, a, as, a, as an informed user, you know that it's literally the same hardware, yeah. so why don't I get that? And that, that was just one example. Um, and I'd, I'd love to see Google step up and say, no, no, no. We want all Nexus phones within the 24-month update cycle to get what this you know rumored HTC Nexus Duo is going to get. But they may have incentive, marketing and otherwise. I mean, this may be a, a matter of engineering versus how do we sell the most phones by making really cool software features that no other device has. Maybe. Yeah. And um, get people onto a new device that can do these seamless updates and a couple other things that require a, a new device. I, I would really love for when uh, the maintenance release um, developer preview arrives at current accesses that it includes all the new Google stuff. I think that is the right way to do it. Yep. I think maybe it will confuse a, new people, uh, a few people, but um, I mean, the only real argument against doing it is that it would confuse people by changing the UI to a large extent. Sure. But if you look at things historically, going from Jelly Bean to Kit Kat and then to Lollipop and Marshmallow, that's a huge UI change. And if, yeah. Uh, if that's your argument against it, then you know that that's never got in the way of previous updates. The only difference is now you have the Google software layer living on top, and it's kind of split out from the OS. Um, I could maybe see it uh, as if that's kind of an optional thing on top. Maybe that that might be how it's done, but I'm not sure. It's it's very unclear in terms of the nuts and bolts of how that might work. In in the settings, you just have enable cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm good. I'll yeah. disable this. I want my Nexus to look lame. Flip, so flip the Luddite mo- uh, mode on. I think the last part of this kind of compartmentalized what the heck is happening now versus MR1 is we what we get on the Nexus 6P, 5X, Pixel C, Nexus 6 doesn't include Google Assistant. Doesn't include doesn't Daydream. include well to, it kind of does sure on the six P it doesn't yeah this isn't um, no devices are daydream uh, compatible you can't yet. go out and buy a daydream headset right before. it doesn't have um, Allo built in uh, it's I mean, missing Allo a few is, other things that yeah, are from what from I'm saying IO. is right every not everything a lot of the things that were announced at I O still haven't come out yet and we're thinking then maybe the Nexus phones and MR1 would be a good time to do that. So I'm, I'm expecting a big Google event probably around late September where all this stuff kind of... Um, They've been stewing together for six months yeah, now. Yeah, this singularity of, okay, here are two new phones, here's a watch, here's all the new Google stuff, here's Assistant, Allo, and I mean, Duo's already launched, but okay, maybe here's Allo as well. Right, right. So we'll see. Um, so we're waiting for the other shoes to drop. <laughs> and shoes. it's it, it's it's interesting to see how we have the OS dropping well in advance of all this Google stuff. Right. It is a weird change of pace. It is, but at the same time, it lets the likes of LG get onto the important stuff, get the new notification things out, get the split get screen stuff. Get from six to seven. Get from six to seven. Well, they and do then all when, the stuff. Yeah, like, like we were saying a couple of weeks ago, uh, MR1 gets you a new Nexus. It gets the gravy on top of that in terms of new features and the Google system UI and other kinds of stuff. So, Right. So wrapping it all together, what are your thoughts on, you know, NuGet as it stands? Uh, we've all been using it a lot, so maybe we're a little jaded on it. I mean, really solid or knowing that MR1 is coming, you're kind of like, all right, check for update. Like, Give, me those, new, <laughs> give me those new buttons with the, the colors on them. Right. Well, you know, we're talking in six weeks or, you know, two months, we could be looking at something entirely different. Does that make you 
kind of just completely forget about all the changes that have come in Nougat already? No. We've been using phones running Marshmallow for the last few months just because that's our job. And, um, you know, I, I remember when I first went back from using uh, the developer preview for uh, as my main device, even in its early stages when it was relatively unstable, it was a great experience. The 6P on early builds of the developer preview for Nougat were running when back then it was called just N. It, it flew. It, it's always been one of the most uh, speedy and, and enjoyable Android experiences you can find. But I also know that when you when an OS is as mature and stable and enjoyable to use as Android has become, there just isn't the stark difference between the latest version and the previous one. And as I've been using the Moto Z for the last week or so, which runs what you know we know as stock Android in the space, it it doesn't. When, you know, I don't yearn for nougat. I haven't really found any major downsides to it other than the immediate stuff of, okay, those bundled notifications and inline replies, yeah, that's really great. Developers haven't really embraced, even though they've allowed to um, point towards the latest uh, SDK version, um, they haven't really embraced multi-window support just yet. A lot of apps don't support it because it's impractical. So that I mean, it, it, is, uh, it is supported by default, but then s- some prominent ones set that flag in the manifest that means they don't support it. But I, I think that's just going to be a, a case of Google. I mean, Google has deliberately gone about um, for, effectively forcing us on developers. It isn't opt-in, it's opt-out. Yes. If you don't check that flag, your app automatically supports the it. The nice so, part about it is that they've had a few months of lead time yeah. that haven't coincided with this being in the public. It's coincided with it being in a developer preview state. But they've, so. allowed, they've been allowed to update their apps to say yes or no right. and a lot of them have said no which is very interesting sure. instagram still instagram some of them say this app may not work properly like slack but it still works but by and large i mean i, I i've seen a lot of apps just not work with it and that's fine because even on a six inch phone it's not it's not essential i don't find it as useful as it would be on a tablet uh so all I mean, all things considered nougat's a great update but i'm not looking for as forward to it as I looked for, you know, from Lollipop to Marshmallow and from KitKat to Lollipop. I think the um, the Nexus phones this year are going to be really interesting, and not just not just in obvious ways. So we talked about phones running stock Android, and that for a long time has been the appeal of a Nexus phone. You get the, the Google experience as Google intended. Now you have, or going forward, like in, in two months' time, you'll have two Google experiences. You'll have stock Android, which is made by Google designers, and then you'll have the Nexus experience, which is also made by Google designers, which but which looks a little bit different. So it's almost like it's it's this continuation of this separation between the OS and the, the open source stuff and the Google stuff that lives on top of that. Now we're seeing, that used to just be kind of like a an app distinction, a code distinction, now that is a design distinction as well. So um, yeah, I think I think we need to actually get the announcement of these Nexus devices and this new Google UI and find out what is actually going on, as opposed to seeing leaked screenshots and kind of trying to figure it out for ourselves. But if it seems to be coming to if, if it comes together in the way that it seems to be, then um, we'll we'll just have to see how appealing that new Google UI is to people on say a OnePlus three 
or Moto Z, um, because I, I guess that's what Google is now competing with, along with TouchWiz and everything else. They need to establish that as their own corner of Android, and then the the base platform stock Android is just what you get, and you're expected to build upon that. Because if you don't, it just looks kind of bare bones compared to what everyone else is doing. Sure. we've kind of uh, we've kind of reached the, the conclusion of Nougat for now and it's going to be an interesting few weeks and it is f- for now there's going to be so much more Nougat talk yeah so we still we haven't talked about Android Wear 2.0 that is still uh, I guess in developer preview mode you can still download the preview for that uh, we haven't heard anything about when that's going to be final yet but you know spoiler alert we're going to have uh, an L- um a Huawei press conference at IFA we're going to have a, a, a Lenovo press conference at IFA and a, a, an Asus press conference. So the uh, the new Zen phone, uh, sorry, Zen Watch, which it's a few weeks back, it's going to be round. Android Wear 2.0 is at home on round devices. You would expect that to come with a new wave of Android Wear uh, devices. So Perfect time for it. Perfect time, yeah. So uh, that's going to be something probably we'll see in the next couple of weeks um, as that's finalized and uh, probably more of, of Snapdragon Wear 2100, which is the new chip that's going to power all that stuff. And of course, huge UI changes there as well. So that's a huge slice of Android that we haven't heard much on so far, but that is going to be pretty big in the next month or so. Could that mean my my uh, Android Wear watch will last more than a day? Uh, no, it's probably going to mean it'll, last, it'll <laughs> still last a day, but it'll be a little bit thinner. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, it won't be like an inch and a half thick. Like yeah, while I watch, while I watch, yeah. But we're gonna have a podcast direct from IFA too. We will. So that'll Phil will be on that podcast. We'll, we'll, make sure we'll pick a time to do it that you know after the big storm of news you know comes out in the first couple days. Uh, but you'll get another one of these live on location. I know how everybody loves the live on location, even though it's a little lower audio quality. And we promise to have it. Phil do the intro for everybody who uh, who misses his we'll, we'll voice. Even, we'll even add like <laughs> reverbs and stuff. Yeah. He, we won't even tell him. Hey, like, hey, hey, hey. The, the ghost of Phil doing <laughs> the introduction. I think we should just have his voice in as the intro every week. <laughs> we, need, we just need a Phil soundboard for the, the, yeah. the intro oh. at the post-Phil era. We can just like press a button and it's like he's there. Why is there no Phil soundboard app on the Google Play Store? That's what I want to know. Jerry's going to make that now. Yeah, we, that, that's going to be our project for the week. Awesome. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap us up on Nougat for now. Um, we're at IFA next week. That's going to be a crazy busy week, mainly of, of Android Wear stuff. We've always got a lot going on. Uh, Sony, I think, is rumored to, uh, has a press conference, is rumored to have a new phone coming up. A ton of stuff, and um, it's just, we're done with a new version of Android. It's out there, but there is a lot of good stuff coming later in the year. And uh, yeah, Nexus, V20 wearables a lot of good stuff coming so we're excited yeah yeah good times but for now we'll see you guys later from new york goodbye bye bye we're waving at the microphone